Hey, Penguins fans, happy Tuesday, November 22nd, two more days until the American Thanksgiving. The Penguins will play the Calgary Flames on Wednesday. And to help me preview that matchup, I'm going to bring on Jess Belmosto of Locked on Flames, Nick Zararis. He's also a contributor to the show. He will not be on um, for this time, but I'm sure he'll be on for other future episodes, especially when it comes to the New York Rangers. So we're going to go into how the Flames have been doing to start off the show. Then Jess will get into how the Penguins have been doing because it's kind of funny. They're in two very similar situations right now with a long losing streak followed by some good play. And then we'll preview the matchup for the final segment. So that's all coming up right after this. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hody. You can to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hody. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Score Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Joining me now is Jess Balmasso of Locked On Flames, the second crossover that we've done this year. The Flames took obviously the first one in Calgary when the Penguins were playing like dog crap. But since then, they've been able to uh, turn some things around. Um, but Jess, I really appreciate you coming on again i was teasing the listeners that i know nick does content for the show as well but uh, he's not gonna be on for this one usually he comes on and does ranger stuff so um, yeah no it's just me and my cat today because he's feeling extra needy um so hopefully your youtube viewers are cat people and don't exit because my cat is I'm, I'm sure they will be fine i have the black lab down here thrown is just laying on my xbox elite controller which i actually need to put away because i spent a lot of money on that and i don't intend <laughs> breaking that controller to say the least um but you know getting into you know how the flames have done lately just they had that long losing streak after a hot start but then it looks like they've rebounded they've won four of their last five they just took down philadelphia in pretty easy fashion five to two last yeah. night you know it's just it's kind of similar to the penguins because they had that seven game losing streak and then since then they've won five out of seven three in a row they're one point out of a playoff spot right now the flames kind of basically have the same record as the penguins at this point um you know what have you seen lately from them you know during this turnaround that makes you more confident after that losing streak yeah so i think the biggest thing is jonathan huberto being healthy and jacob markstrom settling in the net I think that he's having um an easier time tracking the puck and not like psyching himself out if that's even what was going on I feel like he's just settled down and of course having a healthy Jonathan Huberto is you know any team would love that and last night he had the first goal of the game came on a Tony D'Angelo turnover And he just made it look so effortless. And I was like, this just looks like a shot you would take in warmups. Like not even, not, not something you're doing (laughs) in game. Yeah. I mean, I, and I figured Huberto was going to be great after coming over from the Panthers, but you know, you spoke about Markstrom. He's someone who has always had the Penguins number these last couple of years, but kind of having a little bit of a a down year, I guess, overall though, you know, as you said, he's starting to turn Mm -hmm. around. He's only saved not, not even one goal, above expected last season he was in the top five top 10 
889 save percentage at 5v5, three um, goals against average, just not typical numbers that you would see from someone who usually is one of the best goaltenders in the league. So what have you noticed from him lately um, that he's just been starting to turn around a bit? Because I know he, the Penguins are going to see a really good goalie tomorrow night. He has played very well against them, no matter where he, if he's in Calgary. So I'll see the last three games. Um, it, he, he's been very tough to beat. Yeah, I think it's a combination of the defense tightening mm-hmm. up and really, you know, figuring out their chemistry on top of Markstrom just really getting into a rhythm. And on uh, the sh- on my show, we talk about how routines and consistency is important and just like it is in our everyday lives. You know, you're not going to be able to go out there and get into a smooth rhythm and, you know, perform at your best if you're not challenged and if you're not seeing that playing time. So, and I think that's partially why Daryl Sutter hasn't been starting Vladar, um, even though he started the season by saying, hey, like Vladar will get one game a week. I think that that mentality kind of, I don't want to say shook Jacob Markstrom up because he is one of the most like locked in goaltenders, but you know, when you're not seeing enough ice time and your usual workload, I think it's easy to kind of slack off a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's funny, you know, I say there's so many similarities between these two teams, you know, Tristan Jari, he also kind of, he had a hot start to the season cooled off a bit then his last start he got his 12th career NHL shutout just wow. dismantled the Winnipeg Jets played really well against that. I would expect Tristan to start in that game on Wednesday and you know I think the Penguins are hoping that he can turn it around because if not they really don't have that many good options uh, behind him Casey DeSmith is banged up right now he was the one that got the start in Calgary last time I think he allowed a couple of goals that he probably wanted back um, to say the least. And also, you know, that trip, I believe that was Edmonton and Calgary on a back-to-back. That's just, you know, it's, it's, you lose to Edmonton the night before and then you play Calgary the next mm-hmm. night. That's just, that's, that's not a good recipe for success. The Penguins are going to have at least a few off days um, heading into this matchup. But, you know, when I look at the lines for the Flames, it is weird to see Huberto not on the top line. I think it looks like Daryl Sutter has bumped him down a yeah. little bit to play with Mikhail Backlund and Blake Coleman very good third line by the way which is awesome (laughs) it's a great third line but when you look at it it's just like why do we have like 16 and a half million dollars tied up on your third line and you know when you look at that line you're like okay that is obviously going to be a very effective line Mm -hmm. and I know at the end of the day um it doesn't matter like what line you're on and what like you know, just because you're on a top line doesn't mean you're or a starting line. That doesn't mean you're going out there and playing 20 minutes per night or whatever. But like Daryl Sutter is just he's one of the greatest coaches of all time and you have to trust him. So if if he wants to put Huberto down there, that's fine. There is something working, but it is so frustrating to know that he's supposed to be your best player and he's on your third line. I'm sure that's probably not going to stick for the long term, just considering how good and how much money he gets uh, to be on the top line. You know, up there they have Elias Lindholm, who is obviously great. Tyler Toffoli is a good player. 
Um, Adam, can you help me out with that last Rizicha. name? Yes, I was probably going to butcher that because okay. I'm a complete moron sometimes with my reading comprehension. Um, it is interesting that he is up there with those two. Has yeah. he been playing well lately for the Flames? He has been fantastic. And I don't, I didn't expect this to be his position. Last year, he came in and played that third line center role while Sean Monahan was out and recovering from hip surgery. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of took over that spot and bounced around between um, the bottom six. And then, you know, he started out in, I believe, the third or fourth line this year. And then all of a sudden, he's up on the top line and he's had. Um, several multi-point games he had uh just a really great performance overall in the last I would say five games when the Flames have really turned it around so I hope that this is one of those moments where Daryl Sutter is saying hmm maybe our young guys can be effective and you know give them a chance to play but you never know with him yeah I mean I I mean to be completely honest, I really did not even know who he, that was that much coming into this game because, you know, he's such one of your young players. But mm-hmm. you, know, you got to be doing something right to impress Daryl Sutter to be put on the top line in place of someone like Jonathan Huberdeau. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – he's obviously playing well. Dylan Dubé, Nazem Kadri, and Juman Japani on the second line. Kadri scored in the previous matchup. You know what you're going to get with him. Uh, Milan Lucic, Kevin Rooney, Trevor Lewis to round out the forwards. And then defensively – just how has it been since that first Penguins game? Hannah Finn Anderson on that top pairing, Mackenzie Wiegers with Zadorov, Chris Tanev, I think, is having another good season. And um, what have you noticed from the defense um, so far this season, even after the Penguin game? Um, Nikita Zadorov has been playing around uh, 19, 20 minutes a night, which is very confusing but it's also effective in some ways and it's just again one of those things where you have to say you know it doesn't really leave a great taste in my mouth but if it's working don't don't change anything uh Chris Tanev was banged up a little bit uh for I believe a good part of their east their first eastern conference or east coast road trip as well so He's back. He's been he blocked a ginormous shot last night and just uh, good for him because he's not like a big bulky dude that has a lot of extra padding. So um, I'm sure that hurts a little bit, but I want to see more from Mackenzie Wegar. I think that he has been great. I think that he has been effective, but I think that once he gets his first goal, and I know like defensively you aren't measuring goals, but I think he does bring an offensive presence to any defense. And um, I think once he gets that, he'll he'll kind of round out his game a little bit more. Yeah, and you know, I, you know, he was great in Florida playing. I wouldn't even say second fiddle to Ekblad because he was playing with him a lot. Mm-hmm. It was just crazy that they had two number one defensemen. Oh yeah, um, in their top four. You know, Zadorov. He had a good year last year, if I'm not mistaken. All of his underlyings were well over fifty percent in scoring chances, yep. shot attempts, expected goals. Um, Hannafin, I think, has really turned into a great player since coming over from Carolina. Um, and, you know, we all know what you're going to get from a Flames team coach by Daryl Sutter. It's going to be very defensive-minded. They don't 
you know, he's, he's just never been a coach that's going to be like, okay, boys, go out there, win a 4-3, 5-4 game. It's something yeah. like, you know, 2-1, 3-2. It's, that's Daryl Sutter hockey. But the Flames also still have a lot of very skilled players where they can go out there at times and win those 4-3, 5-4 games, even though they don't have Goudreau and uh, Kachuk anymore. Is there anything else, Jess, that you want to uh, discuss about the Flames, special teams-wise, anything like that? Um, Brett Ritchie was out last mm-hmm. night against the Flyers. He is injured. Um, I believe he's still with the team, though. So Kevin Rooney might come out in, or in swap places. And I know Michael Stone is also um, back with the team after missing some time. So I would be interested to see if they end up sending uh, Dennis Gilbert down in order to make room for Michael Stone. Well, all right. Well, that is that on the Flames lineup and why it's going to be a very similar one that the Penguins saw. Um, last time out, the Penguins have lost at least three in a row against the Flames. They're going to be looking for their first win um, in a couple of years at this point over the Flames, which is unusual because they usually can get at least a split um, in that series. Coming up in the next segment, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Jess. She'll ask me questions about the Penguins, but... Before I get to that, there's the wonderful little bet online slip on your YouTube for the video screen for those that watch on YouTube. Bet online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer with the World Cup. Sucks that the U.S. did not win yesterday. They probably should have. Um, but, you know, they'll be Black Friday against England. That should be a very fun game. And there's also eSports. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest, easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm Hunter Hodes. That's Jess Belmosto of Locked On Flames. All right, Jess, you can hit me now with anything regarding the Penguins that you and your listeners want to know. Yeah, so the last time uh, we met... The Penguins were dinged up a little bit. They were dealing with some injuries to start the season and really the first month of October, if I remember correctly, or first month of the season of October. I can't talk today. I apologize. Um, How does the team look now? Are there still any lingering injuries or anything new? Yeah, so I'm going to knock on wood here. They are fully healthy right now. It's not often that you can say that. They have a fully healthy complement of forwards. All the defensemen are healthy. There's only one healthy scratch right now, and that's Kasperi Kappen, who's making $3.2 million, and who Ron Hextall is looking to move. Um, I think he understands that he made a very unwise decision during the offseason to give him two years and $3.2 million per, and now he's feeling it because he's been scratched in six of the last seven games. Don't wow. know if anyone wants to touch that contract. Um, it's, it's bad. You know, when you're being scratched, you know, for four liners who, you know, are playing well, and Josh Archibald and Ryan Paling, that's that's – you know, you're, you're kind of screwed at that point. I mean, I don't know if we're going to bump bump him down to the minors, but then you're just paying $3.2 million for someone to not be on the team. It's just, it, it, it was a contract he should never have given out. But, you know, all four, four lines are healthy. The defense is healthy. Um, I guess Casey DeSmith is a little dinged up, but they kind of held him out as a precaution today. Penguins, they had that seven-game losing streak, but since then, they've gotten 11 out of a possible 14 points. They've won three in a row. They're one point out of a playoff spot. I think people were just panicking about them just because, well, you know, they're looking old and all that. But, you know, this team started out like last season was like a five and six and three record, something like that. It was 
five, actually, no, excuse me, five and six and four last season. They were out of the playoff picture and, you know, they're one point out right now. Heck, they're one point out of third in the Metropolitan Division. Well, one or two points, I should say. Um, three points out of second, I think, behind the Carolina Hurricanes. So they are fine. I think, you know, the demise of them was a little bit exaggerated. Do they still have problems? Yes. Do they have work to do? Absolutely. They're not out of this hole yet. This last seven-game stretch, though, I think has really saved the season. They've been able to bank some points, and they're playing much better hockey right now. They've made some good lineup decisions, moved some players around to put them in better positions to succeed. And you you combine that with the top six playing well and you know the bottom six starting to give some more depth scoring. You know, And I think that's why they've just been really hot as of late. Yeah, and you know, that's kind of – like the Flames, like we've been saying all episode, you know, just drawing comparisons to the two. And when it comes to Tristan Jari, I know that he, if I remember correctly, he was dealing with like a foot injury during the playoffs last year. Well, he broke his foot, yes. He bro- okay, yeah. So that's a little bit more than just like a foot injury, mm-hmm. kind of a little bit more serious. Um, But have you has he been able to stay healthy through this and how has um his performance been so far this season yeah it's funny he about a week a little over a week ago he said because everyone know was noticing he was struggling not playing aggressive like normal playing passive in his net just giving up goals that he did not give up at all last season had a really good year last year and yeah. he basically said he's like yeah i've been dealing with a small injury kind of trying to play through it it's just like man I don't really want you playing through that because you're just kind of giving you know points away. Right. At this point, you know, the, the big culprit was they were in Montreal after they took down Toronto the night before. They got the lead with six minutes left and the Canadians tied it and then won in overtime and they gave up a couple goals in that game. And after that, that's when he said, like, yeah, I'm dealing with the injury. And that's why Casey DeSmith was getting a few more starts than normal. But, you know, since then, he's kind of rebounded a bit. You know, that game against Winnipeg, he actually looked fully healthy. His mm-hmm. movement looked a lot better, was square up to the pucks, playing aggressive. That was the version of Tristan Jari that we saw last year. And he needs to build off that. This is someone he wants to earn a long-term contract. He's up after this season. If he wants to make five, 5.5, maybe even upwards of $6 million from the Penguins or someone else, he needs to start waking up and playing like a number one goaltender because – you know, for a lot of the years, it's funny. I know this franchise has won three Stanley Cups in the Crosby, Malk, and Latang era, but they've also gotten way worse goaltending in most of their playoff runs. It's almost a miracle that they've even won three Cups in this era just, just because of the goaltending. And, yeah. you know, that was one of the biggest, you know, problems that I think some fans and some media members had, you know, just bringing back the same tandem three years in a row that, you know, let's face it, hasn't done anything in the playoffs, but, you know, they're going to need Tristan to be more consistent and to build off that performance, you know, if the Penguins are to go anywhere this year. If he's just going to play like he has for most of the season, they don't stand a chance if they make the playoffs. So um, it's all about him finding that consistency in his game again, getting back to the way he played last year, and I think that would be obviously huge uh, for their playoff chances. And you mentioned – the Crosby, Malkin, and Latang era. How have they looked so far this season? Um, I know that uh, Malkin just had what was it? His one hundred or sorry, his one thousandth game uh, celebration is, mm-hmm. and his son came in and made everyone cry. Uh, how how do things look with this aging core? Agent, yeah. I mean, yeah. Sidney Crosby. I was kind of going at him a little bit, but I, I, I stress to the listeners, I'm like, all right, it's Sid. He's an elite player. He's going to bounce back. Sure enough, 
you know, I was right about that. 10 points in his last three games. He's top 10 in the league in scoring. Uh, he has willed the team to wins in these last three games. He actually just scored his first ever goal at the United Center on Sunday. He's been playing in the league for almost 20 years, and he had never scored in Chicago. It's just that would place in the house crazy. of court. Then. That was their first win in Chicago since 2009, funny enough. So, yes, they they never win there. It's very wow. weird. Yeah, um, he's been playing great. Malkin's been on a, a man on a mission. And again, I, you know, congrats to 1,000 games on him. Yeah, seeing Nikita come in there and read the whole lineup, not even breaking a sweat at all. And Chino's over there crying just because of how much it means to him. Um, it was great. You know, the one player that does need to wake up a bit is Latang, though. Just hasn't been the same. I, I don't know if he's battling an injury. I mean, some people thought, myself included, that it was Brian Dumoulin that was you know, handicapping him a bit. But even since he went down to the second or third pair again, Marcus Pedersen's been bumped up. His play just hasn't improved that much. And I don't know what it is. I don't think it's an age thing. I think he's just been trying to do too much on the ice. And I think if he just, you know, tries to simplify his game a little bit, um, he should be getting back to the crystal tang that, you know, this, this fan base and the media members, you know, we all know, and love, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's washed or anything because I'm sure he's going to bounce back from this. But of you know, he definitely needs to wake up. He's not playing well. I have no problem saying it. I have to be objective on the show. Um, and he just he needs to be a lot better at both ends of the ring. So at least two thirds of the core are playing well. Um, but you know, when Latang hopefully starts waking up, that's going to I think unlock a new um, dimension with this team. Yeah, and you know, you obviously want every aspect of your team to play well, but especially in a tough division like the Metropolitan, uh, that is just one of my favorite divisions to watch, Um, you know, especially since the Rangers have gotten better in Carolina and obviously Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I'm not, not so much the Blue Jackets, but you know, when they were, when they were doing pretty well, it was fun. But, uh, do you have anything else you want to add before we move on? Yeah. So for the Penguins, you know, they've been really good at 5v5 this year, top 10 in most categories. Pet the penalty kill has really been better these last two and a half weeks. That was one of the big things I was looking at. I'm like, okay, if this can turn around, they should start winning some more games. Sure enough, it has. You can't just be spotting goals to the opposition every night on your PK. Power play, though, still needs some work. Um, just not good enough from five world-class players that are on that unit. Just the zone entries and puck movement and the overpassing, trying to be the Harlem Globetrotters. It's just it's not a good recipe for success. Um, but, you know, the team is finally playing well now. They're, they're, they're starting to gel a bit, and you know, they got another – Big stretch here. You know, after that game in Philadelphia, they have a five-game homestand. About time because they had 13 of their first 19 games <laughs> on the road. And the fact that they're one point out of the playoff spot right now is, you know, pretty good because sometimes this team is not the best road team. Uh, but I think that's really all I have for the Penguins. Yeah. Um, if, I, if you wanted to jump into that second segment. Or the third segment, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, so – um this before we do that let's take a quick break and uh talk to you about our friends at simply safe if you have thought about securing your home with any security system but have been putting it off you'll want to listen up right now locked on penguins and locked on flames listeners can order the number one rated simply safe home security system for 50 percent off and this is their biggest offer of the year and you won't want to miss it holiday 
kids are right around the corner and property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally. You're going to want to keep your home safe and secure with Simply Safe. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents that use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off with any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. Don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Well, this, I always like when the Flames are on the Eastern Coast or visiting Eastern Conference teams because it is, I feel like it's a culture shock because like, you know, like the Rocky Mountains are great and, you know, there is some city life, but then you get to go to places like Philly and you get to, you know, obviously be in the city of brotherly love and have a nice cheese steak. Then you get to go to Pittsburgh and just see just I love Pittsburgh. I was only there for like two days and didn't get to experience all of it. But just the atmosphere, I think, is so special and so fun. And you get to, you know, obviously play against some really big legends like Sidney Crosby himself. Hunter, what are some of your biggest takeaways or what to watch for in tomorrow's game? Yeah, I think for me, you know, just with keys to win for the Penguins, you know, the, the last time against the Flames, I thought they were just kind of lethargic. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey Smith just didn't make the saves that he needed to to keep the Penguins in the game. They got into that quick 3 nothing hole, if I recall correctly, and then they were able to make it 3-1. And it's just when you go into a 3 nothing hole against a Daryl Sutter team, you're 99.9% of the time not going to get out of it just because of the structure that his teams like to play with, especially the Flames. So um, I think better goaltending is one thing that I'm looking forward to Smith on a couple of those goals. And the last one, I think one came from Huberdeau. Another one came at the, from the point with Michael Stone. Um, you know, he, they, you know, Tristan Jarry just has to make, you know, those low danger saves that DeSmith did not make. And if he's able to provide them with better goaltending, I think that's a big one for me. I think for the Penguins, I mean, it's funny I'm saying this because usually I would like for them to be on the power play with special teams, you know, but keeping the game at 5v5, you know, the Penguins, they're one of the best teams at even strength, even strength, excuse me, this season, top 10 in expected goals, high danger chances, shot attempts for scoring, you know, all of those. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they can, you know, just keep the game at 5v5, honestly, don't even need to go on the power play that much just because the first unit is horrendous right now, though they could use the practice. Uh, um, I think that's a big one for me. And I'm curious to see, you know, since Mike Sullivan has last changed this time, you know, who, who is he going to put out there against that third line with Huberto on it with, and with Backlund and all that? Does he put the Latang Pedersen pairing out there to stop Huberto or does he put that pairing out there to stop the Kadri line or the Lindholm line? It's going to be an interesting chess match just because Sutter is changing some things up and he doesn't have Huberto on that top line. So I'm really intrigued for that. And then another one, of course, you know, the Markstrom effect. He has played very well against the Penguins over his career. The Penguins, they got to get bodies in front of them, make his life a living hell. The one goal that they scored against him in the previous matchup, they 
got traffic in front of him and he couldn't see it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, it's kind of the same thing I was saying when Igor Shosturkin was playing well against them last year before they started to play better against him in the playoffs was, oh, you put bodies in front of them, you make his life harder. You know, that, that works for basically any goalie. And I think they need to do that with Markstrom, who is, you know, one of the bigger goalies in the league. So that's what, what I'm really looking for. Obviously, depth scoring. Penguins, you know, have they, it's been better as of late. Brock McGinn has five goals in his last seven. He scored in five of his last seven games. Josh Archibald's been playing a bit better. Ryan Paling is strung together three to four nice performances in a row. would like to see Danton Heinen maybe get on the score sheet. But, yes. you know, those are my main things that I'm looking for. Um, just, you know, what what are your, your main keys for the Flames to pull off this win? I want to see Nikita Zadorov stay out of the penalty box and just actually, you know, maybe I don't. Maybe I want to see, um, you know, the, the Flames on the penalty kill so they can maybe take advantage of the first unit power play of the Penguins. But, you know, I think I really want to see Andrew Mangiapane have a better game. He had two, two brutal giveaways in the game against Philadelphia. And I just, oh, I, I he's one of my favorite players. And I hate talking uh, poorly about him. But like you said earlier, you have to remain objective. And I really, I want to see, uh, you know, definitely less Zadorov on the ice, limiting his minutes, especially now that Chris Tanev is back. I want to see more of Huberdo. And, you know, I thought it was great last night that Huberdo and Blake Coleman scored. And, you know, Michael Backlund doesn't get enough credit for being a really solid two-way center. And I think that he is one of the Flames' best players, but because he isn't always on the score sheet, he doesn't always get the credit. But again, Markstrom needs to just keep whatever he's been doing to stay locked in and focused. He just has to keep doing that. And I want to see, just please score some goals. Um, It looks like they've kind of turned the page in terms of, this confidence and finding themselves again, but I, I won't be upset if they lose this game, especially if Pittsburgh puts up a good fight. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think this time the Penguins are going to play much better just because it's not on the back-to-back and they're at home exactly. for this one. You know, I think they're going to remember how they played um, just a few weeks ago and against the Flames at the Saddle Dome. And I don't think they're going to be, um, too thrilled. I'm sure Mike Sullivan showed them the tape this week at practice, and they were probably just cr- cringing at what they were, oh, yeah. you know, doing in that game. But before I let you go here, Jess, um, I'll ask, um, what is your prediction for this game? It's funny, I've done these crossovers I think a few times. I- I'm two and one so far, so I'm hoping to go three and one. Um, but wanted to get your prediction for how you think this is one's gonna go. Yeah, so the Flames have been scoring like four or five goals a night recently. So I'm going to say four to three flames. Okay. But it'll go to overtime. Okay. Well, the Penguins could use that point. At least that would be, that would be 12 points at least in their last eight games, which again, I will gladly take that just because they were not getting any points during that 70 losing streak. Um, I do think the Penguins will win this one. I'm going to go a three, two kind of nail biters um, uh, for like the game winner. Yeah. 
I might just go Brock McGinn again for the game winner just because he's been so good lately. Just came out of nowhere initially. He's shooting 19, 20% this year. Not gonna, it's not sustainable. Uh, he hits no. a little bit once. Um, you know, he goes a few games without scoring, of course. But um, I think the Penguins do win tomorrow. I think they get their four straight. And I think they'll, they'll continue to build some confidence heading into Friday night's matinee against the Flyers, who are just really banged up right now. And that team has just gone downhill after that hot start. So hopefully that will get to three and one. I said for my last prediction, when I was talking with Seth of Lock on Wild, I'm like, okay, if they lose that one, when I predicted them to win, cause I was one and one at the time, I'm, I'm just going to do the reverse jinx. They won that one. So I'm going to stick with this one yeah. um, now too. But um, Jess, unless you have anything else to add about this matchup, I think we can wrap this up and you yeah. can tell the listeners where you can, uh, if anyone wants to listen to you talk about the flames, which, you know, they're one of they're one of my favorite West Coast teams to watch. Let's go. I'm all about everyone from like the Eastern Conference having the Flames as their Western Conference team because that's kind of how I got into covering them. Um, but thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and the show on Twitter at LO underscore flames pod. And you can find us on YouTube and everywhere you get locked on penguins just at locked on flames. Yep. And for flames listeners, if you ever want to listen to a show um, that has some of the big, the big guns with Crosby Malkin and Latang, you can follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore penguins. And you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. So, that will do it for this one. I'm sure tomorrow night is going to be a great game. The Thanksgiving Eve game is always fun. They've been playing that game in Pittsburgh for ever since I can remember. Um, at this I time. love Thanksgiving Eve. Um, I don't use it for like going out and like reuniting with high school friends. I truly just watch it for hockey and enjoy it. I have to work tomorrow night, but that's okay. I'll still that, be home. That will be me, Jess. I'll be watching the game and not going to see my high school friends. Well, A, I don't really talk to anyone from my high yeah. school. And B, um, my girlfriend is going to see her high school friends, but I'm not going to go do that. That's just a no. hard for me. I, I would rather watch the Penguins play. Right. There's hockey on. We have yes. places to be, our couches with some dinner. Yes. And maybe a brewski or some your, your family, water. your family's in town too. It's just a perfect yeah. time for before you all celebrate the special turkey day on Thursday. For those that of course that live in the United States, if you're outside. Yes, US, my but... Canadian listeners have already indulged mm-hmm. themselves in their Thanksgiving, but it's our turn now. <laughs> yes, I love this holiday uh, so much. But again, yes. that'll do it for this one. I hope you all have a great rest of your Tuesdays and Uh, Both shows will be back again on Wednesday.